We'll be in Mark chapter 13 this morning, in verses 1 through 8. In these eight verses, we see that the disciples see something that really kind of, say, blows their mind a little bit. Something that they just think is amazing, that they don't know what to say about it. And when they see this, they comment on it. But if that was something, then what Jesus has to tell them next, sure, is something that really amazes them. Really makes them think. We'll start reading there in Mark 13 and verse 1, where it says, And as he went out of the temple... One of his disciples saith unto him, Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Jesus answering said unto him, Seest thou these great buildings? There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled, for such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, and there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrow. Before we go any further, I ask that you join me in prayer. God, we thank you that you show us here. Now, even though these men, they thought that this was all amazing, we know that Christ knew what was to come. He tells us here what is to come. And maybe we don't know just when everything will take place. Maybe we don't know every detail, but we know enough that we can be looking forward to what is to come. We pray this morning that you give me the words that need to be spoken. Help us to take this message to apply it in our lives. It would be your words, not my own. Pray for our church that you would guide us in the direction you would have us to go. That the things we do as a church would be honoring and pleasing to you. We pray especially for those around us who are lost, who don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Help us to share the gospel with them before it's too late. We pray for each and every one that's on our prayer list that you'd meet those needs in accordance with your will. And that you would help us to understand your will as you do so. And help us when we leave here today to take not only what we see in this passage, but what we see throughout your word and to apply it in our lives that we would live in a way that would bring honor and glory to you. 
We ask all these things in Jesus' name because we love him. Amen. <clears throat> Aren't there things that just amaze us sometimes? Things that just leave us speechless? And sometimes we just want to wrap our heads around it. I don't know about most of you, but anytime something interests me, my first instinct is I've got to take it apart. Rebecca hates that about the way I am because I will sit there and if something's broken and I'm fascinated by how it works, I'm going to have every little piece apart trying to figure it out. I want to wrap my head around it. And we may not necessarily understand everything, but we want to know a whole lot more than we know. We get amazed by things. We get fascinated by things. We want to understand things. The disciples were no different. They were human. They wanted to wrap their heads around what they were seeing. They're amazed here not only by all these beautiful buildings there in the temple complex, but they're amazed even more so and what Jesus tells them is about to happen. And they want to wrap their head around all of it. But even with all of that, Christ has it all under control, doesn't he? He tells them, you know, don't worry about it. It's all under control. We see a couple of things in our passage this morning. The first thing we see is that man wants to grasp what is now and what is to come. Look at the disciples and their, their desire to grasp, to wrap their minds around all of this. Not just what they're seeing, but what they're hearing. In verse 1 it tells us, And as he went out of the temple... So they've been in the temple, and the disciples and Jesus, they're coming out from the temple, and it says, One of his disciples, doesn't tell us which one, saith unto him, Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. Now you can imagine they're amazed at what they're seeing. The temple complex was built up on this place they call Temple Mount. Although, things have been destroyed and rebuilt throughout the years. And in the day and time of Christ, what was up there was built, they called it Herod's Temple, the same Herod that we kind of touched on in Sunday school this morning was half Jewish. And to win the favor of the Jewish people, he had built the temple back. The temple had been destroyed. And so he more or less financed the building of a new temple. And when he did, he went elaborate with it. They say that Herod's temple was absolutely beautiful. It was absolutely elaborate. It was an amazing thing to see. And as you can imagine, the temple has its 
main building, but then there's all these supplementary buildings that are around there on the Temple Mount, all the extra things that are around it. And so as they're walking around, they can see the beautiful temple right there as they're coming out of it and all its splendor. They can see all the other things that are there on the Temple Mount and all their splendor. And these, as we know about Jesus' disciples, were just a bunch of plain old ordinary men. Many of them, their background was fishermen from the backwoods of Israel. And here they are in Jerusalem, the big city, and here's this beautiful temple. Master, look at that big old temple there and all those big old stones that it's built out of and how beautiful this thing is. They are amazed at what they're seeing. It's blowing their minds what they're seeing. They don't even have good words to describe it. When it says what manner, they're just saying, you know, look at what those are. They don't actually give it a description. They're just saying what? See what that is. You know, they're just saying, look at that. They don't even have the words to say, look at the beautiful architecture or look at the nice design and the, the way that they've cut these stones. They're just saying, look at what that is. They don't even have words for it. They're amazed at it. And they're already pretty speechless. But then Jesus leaves them even more speechless. You know, they're sitting there admiring this building. And Jesus then turns around and tells them, well, you know, you see it? One of these days it's going to be gone. And that leads them to try to figure out more. They're already trying to wrap their heads around how in the world somebody could build such a beautiful building and now they're trying to wrap their heads around what's going to happen in the future. Because it says in verse 3, As he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple, they're still looking at it. Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, all four of them. They've got plenty of questions. They said, tell us, when shall these things be? They said, well, you told us the temple's going to be gone. When can we expect that? On top of that, what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? What's the sign we're looking for for that day to be here? How are we going to know when to expect the temple to be destroyed? You told us that this beautiful temple's going to be gone. How will we know when it's going to happen? They want to wrap their heads around everything, don't they? They want to understand everything. They couldn't even understand the buildings themselves, and now they're trying to wrap their heads around everything. Something even more amazing to them. 
It was amazing enough that this beautiful temple could even be built. But now it's even more amazing that Jesus tells them, well, one day it's going to be gone. And they want to understand that. We see how the disciples here are amazed both at the temple. They're amazed at what man has done, but they're even more amazed at what Christ tells them is to come. They're amazed at what they're seeing, but they're even more amazed to think what God is going to do. Now, we describe somebody that's amazed a lot of times as left speechless, don't we? That's the way we often describe it. It may not necessarily mean that they don't say anything, but you know, we say they're speechless. Because they don't know how to describe something. They don't know how to put what they're thinking into words. You know, I tell you, I'm probably not the most eloquent person in the world. I don't always know what words to say. And there's a lot of things that, that to me are just amazing. There's a lot of things that I look at and I just think, how in the world... Can somebody come up with that? Something that catches my eye and I may not know how to say what I think about it. But I know it catches my eye. I know I like the way it looks. Or an idea. It just seems amazing to me, and I don't know how to ask the right questions to figure it all out, but I get interested. I want to know more. I tell you, I can kind of sympathize with these men here. They're amazed at what they're seeing, but they're even more amazed at what they've heard. You know, they couldn't even wrap their minds around the temple. And now they're really trying to bite off something pretty big to chew, aren't they? Trying to wrap their heads around what Christ has told them is to come in the future. And the problem is, man won't understand everything. You know, they couldn't even understand how in the world somebody could build such a beautiful building. And now they're trying to understand everything that is to come. And Christ kind of puts them in the right mindset. Tells them what they do need to understand. Tells them even that they ought to already know 
if we read on further in the chapter, they already know what they're looking for. But we see man struggles to comprehend things. That's just the way we are. We're human. We want to understand things, but we don't understand everything. We want to wrap our minds around everything, but we can't. I can tell you, in all my years of studying, the, the more I've learned, the more I realize that I don't know everything. It just seems like the more that I study, the more that I the more that I learn, the more I learn how how feeble my mind is. How short my mind is. Like I said, I feel like I'm in good company. Because here's a bunch of disciples of Jesus Christ, who spent, you know, years following the Lord. Well, look at that pretty building. And then he says, it's going to go away. And they say, well, when's that going to happen? How do we know? How can we mark it on our calendars? Now we can see this morning the inability of man to know all. You know, I think a lot of times what it boils down to, it's a lot like that old song that we sing so often. We'll understand it better by and by. We're not going to wrap our minds around everything here. Like I said, I can't even understand everything that man does. There's a lot of things that I think are absolutely beautiful, but I don't understand how somebody can accomplish them. Now, I can look at a car. Somebody's painted and think, man, that looks beautiful. And the best I can do is get a rattle can of spray paint. It's hard for me to understand that. And so on and so forth. There's a lot of things that I can't do. It just amazed me. If I can't understand all those things, I can promise you I'm not going to understand everything. Be able to mark down every single event on the calendar. <laughs> and tell you exactly when everything's going to happen. You know, we see the inability of man to know everything. But you know, that's really nothing to worry about. The fact that we can't wrap our minds around every single thing is nothing to worry about because we serve a Savior who's already got it all under control, don't we? I don't have to understand it all because Christ knows what is now and what is to come. 
Christ has already got it under control. You know, he knew at this point, I'm certain, what's coming in his life. We see that. He knew what was about to happen to him before too long. And he's just shortly off from his death. But he also knows what's going to happen. When they're looking at this temple, they're looking at its beauty, he tells them this. He says, Seest thou these great buildings? He says, Yes, they are great. This is wonderful. But, he says, There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. He says, You want to admire that? That's fine. But you know, this is just temporary. says, there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now you can imagine these were magnificent buildings here as part of the temple. And they were built of stone. And to the minds of these men, these were probably buildings that would last forever. But you know it wouldn't be too many years down the road when those buildings would be destroyed. In our day and time, the temple is no longer there. Those buildings got tore down. As a matter of fact, to this day, an Islamic mosque sits on top of that same complex where the temple once stood. That building got tore down. This building that they couldn't wrap their minds around. You know, here's a building that they're thinking is indestructible. It's amazing. too many years till it's gone. And so, of course, they're beginning to question, now, when's this going to happen? You know, there's no way somebody could tear this down. This has got to be something that's going to happen at the end of the world. You know, this, this has got to be the end of the world thing. So Jesus tells them a little bit about the end of the world, doesn't he? Tells them in verse 5 of Jesus answering them when they ask, you know, when shall these things be and what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? It says, take heed lest any man deceive you. He says, you watch out, because he says, many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. He says, first of all, one of the things they need to be watchful for that was going to happen 
is that people be coming and trying to claim they were him. And they'd lead a lot of people astray. And not only that, he says, And when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled. He says, you're going to hear about wars. You're going to hear about rumors of wars. <coughs> he says, but don't worry about that. He says, for such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. He says, the end of the world isn't even coming just because people are having wars, because they're talking about having wars. says, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. He says, people will fight. People will have wars. Nations are going to turn against each other. Kingdoms are going to turn against each other. He says, not only that, there shall be earthquakes in diverse places. There's earthquakes in places. There have never been earthquakes before. There should be famines and troubles. It says these are the beginnings of sorrows. He says that's just a starting point. Now you can imagine that the minds of these men at that point, to them the destruction of the temple, that would be about the end of the world, wouldn't it? This beautiful building. It's a magnificent building that sure seemed indestructible to the minds of a bunch of backwoods fishermen. But Jesus says, you know, watch out. Don't let anybody fool you. There's going to be some folks that before that day comes, they're going to claim to be me. There's also going to be a lot of wars, and there's also going to be a lot of rumors of wars, people claiming they're going to have war. Says, don't worry about all that. says nations will rise against nations. Kingdoms will rise against each other. There'll be earthquakes. And famines and troubles. And he says that's just the beginning. There's even more to come. We'll look at that another day. He says, you know, you're amazed by what you've seen there's more to come and that's really something but don't worry about it. that's just the beginning that's just starting point their minds were on the temple But Jesus teaches them something far greater. And tells them, you know, these are just the beginnings. 
see how Christ foretells not only the destruction of the temple, but he foretells many other things to come. He tells them much of what is to come. If you read on in the rest of this chapter, we see he tells so many things that are coming in the end. So many things that are going to happen in the future. Their question was about the temple, but Jesus is teaching them something far greater. Now, how many times do we get our minds on something and we probably heard, well, you think that's something? Or a phrase to that effect. Something amazes us. Then we find out something even more amazing. I know I've heard that phrase plenty of times before. We see that's kind of where the disciples are at this point. Is they're already amazed that Jesus knows that the temple is going to be gone at some point in the future. And not just gone, but gone to the point that says, not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. He says, you think that's something? Let me tell you what else is going to happen. He says, and that's just the beginning. You know, we ought to be amazed at Christ. You look at what all he foretold. I tell you, go home and read what Christ foretells. He knew what was coming. Matter of fact, a lot of this kind of rings a bell for today, doesn't it? You think about it. We live in a day and time where certainly there are people who try to make false claims. There have been multitudes of cults and everything else where people have claimed to be Christ. Led a lot of people astray. There have certainly been plenty of wars. There's even rumors of wars a lot of times in our day and time, isn't there? People talk about, well, there, there might be a war. War is about to break out. Even look in the history of the past 60 or 70 years, and you find what's called a Cold War. What is that? Just one big rumor of war that lasted for about 40 or 50 years. Almost, but not quite war. Rumor of war. We see nations turning against each other. Kingdoms turning against each other. There's earthquakes in diverse places. Up until a few years ago, I would have never thought I'd feel an earthquake in deep east Texas until I was sitting over my family's place over in Nacogdoches a few years back. 
wondered what in the world that weird feeling was, cracked a joke about it being an earthquake, and it was. We don't think of this being part of the country where you feel earthquakes. Earthquakes in diverse places. There's famines all over the world. I guarantee you there are places in our day and time where people are going hungry. And there's certainly troubles. You turn on your news channel on your TV for about five minutes and you'll find trouble somewhere. And what does Jesus say about all this? He says these are the beginnings of sorrows. You don't think he knew all this was coming? You don't think he knew all that what's happening today was going to happen? He knew the temple was going to be destroyed not too many decades after he died and rose again and then ascended into heaven. He knew that was coming. He knows what's coming in our day and time. You know, if we think that all we see around us is amazing, I tell you what we ought to be amazed at is Jesus Christ, who knew all this, who knew what was coming. They're sitting there trying to wrap their heads around everything else and what they really ought to be trying to wrap their heads around is this man that they're asking the questions to. How does he know all this? <coughs> Why? Because he's the Son of God. Not just fully man, but also fully God. He's omniscient. He knows it all. You know, what we can take away from this this morning is we can recognize how knowing our Savior is. I tell you, sit down sometime and look through the Gospels. Look at the things that Jesus said would happen. Look at the way he described things. Think about the fact that the things that he's saying were said thousands of years ago. And yet they all ring true today, don't they? The fact that he could say things in that day and time, they're just as applicable right here in 2019 halfway across the world you can't tell me that Christ doesn't know it all and that's what we ought to recognize about it we see this morning how man 
wants to grasp what is now and what is to come. We try to wrap our minds around everything. We try to understand everything. The disciples did. They were, they were amazed by what they're seeing. They're amazed by what Jesus says. They're trying to wrap their minds around all of this. But while they're trying to wrap their minds around it, Christ knows what is now and what is to come. He already understood it all. He was not just fully man, but fully God, and he had a grasp of all of it and knew far more than they could imagine. No, I think what we can take away from this this morning is that we can trust that our Savior has all things under his control. Like I said this morning, I don't understand it all. I guarantee if you're looking for somebody that knows everything, I'm not your man. There's a lot of things I don't know. But I know who does know. And that's what matters. I know that Jesus Christ has got it all under control. He knows what is to come. And he's already got a plan. And I know I trust him. I don't have to worry about all of that. What did he tell his disciples there? He says... What does he tell them? Be ye not troubled when you hear about all these things. Don't worry about it. As a believer in Christ, I can see that the more and more I look at things around me, the more and more I see that Christ is going to be coming back anytime, and I don't have to worry. I can have peace about that. And that's wonderful. I don't have to know it all. I don't have to grasp it all. I can just trust that Christ has got it all under control. For the lost person, that offer of peace stands for them. All they've got to do is turn to Jesus Christ. Before it's too late. Because that's where peace can be found. You won't find it in learning. You won't find it in grasping everything that you can grasp. People try in our day and time. They want to know everything. How many of us have a phone in our back pocket and whenever we want to know something, we look it up? I know I'm one of the worst about that. If I want to know something, I pull out my phone and I look it up. We want to know things. But I can promise you knowing things is not going to get us to where we need to be. Because all that's going to show me is how ignorant I am. And how much in need of a Savior I am. Instead of trying to know it all, I can trust the one who knows it all. And that's where true peace can be found is in our Savior, Jesus Christ.